break, draft, trade. Over a month until the draft and whatnot, so we got plenty to talk about and get to, and these players who signed are still going to be signed at those points, so we can still talk about them, and it's not dated information at that point. We might even have more information, so. Everybody here has different perspectives on how they look at things, and that's important. You might not be the stat person. You might not be. That, that's more like Henry in Iowa. I'm not a stat person either. I'm not looking specifically at stats. I look at situations. It's fine. We, we believe in you. And I appreciate it, guys. I know it, it kind of feels clunky as we, like, talk it through or whatever. We're each getting better as we go along here. You know, each one's building off the next one. So I appreciate your patience. Try to uh, have patience with us here as we become a more fluid flowing unit here as a whole. We touched on a few of the teams and when we come back next time we'll continue working through the teams and working through all these deals and let you know what you need to know as far as it relates to how you rank a draft and trade players this week this last week last week old breaking news broken news breaking news from last week that might be a permanent news drop So now ready for the intros? I'm nobbling. That was great. Iowa, you put that in there and I will kill you. <laughs> first thing. First thing on the intro. I am Gina Noble, your host, and I am joined today by three. Just say this. Guess what? I've got these dudes here with me. First dude, dude number one. Dude number two, dude number three. Yeah, I like him. Dude no. Dude no. In this corner. Standing at segments 5-9. Choose your fighter. <laughs> Fighting in the blue corner. I have no idea. You crushed it like a freaking boss. It's getting a little bit better each time. Bing, 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 bing down the list. You crushed it. Close enough. That's gonna be a outtake. Chug, chug. Hold on, I feel like now I need to chug. Chug it, chug it, choo, choo. All right, all right, all right. Let's get this party started. It's fun. It's fun, Claire. It's fun, Claire. It's fine. <laughs> There's actually nobody else in the league. Yeah, it's a one-person league. <laughs> yes. Okay. Iowa, since you're listening back to this, that's my request. We'll use that this week. <laughs> It'll sound okay when I'm done with it. <laughs> Let's get this party started. You already did. There you go. There's no way that's true. <laughs> no way. That's not true. That's because you don't believe. They're gone. Okay, I have a feeling I'm going to have some kind of a man's voice at the end when you dub your voice over it. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, wait a minute. Time out. Cut that. I do like it that you referred to him as Wiz Khalif. <laughs> I hope that name sticks. Maybe other people will use it. That's always kind of been part of Iowa shtick. It's a different intro every time. Oh, he likes it to be different? Yeah. It, like, spices it up. Kind of explaining what this show would be about. Oh, my God. <laughs> Noble. This. I, I'm trying to sound smart, you guys. <laughs> Gotta get the glasses. <laughs> Boys. This. We lost Papa. I think we just lost Papa. What happened to Papa? He's back. Good guy. Oh, there he is. Fantastic. Dude. <laughs> yes. What is he doing? What is he doing? That's what she said. Okay. Help me. Help me. Without getting too technical. Just like a quickie. <laughs> a quickie. That's just a quickie. <laughs> That's what she said. That's the intro. Where it's like off 
awesome but quick. <laughs> Is Ailey even listening to me? He's completely ignoring me. He's now trying not to. Basically ignoring. I, I was hearing what you were saying, but it was kind of just I going mean, in one ear. He like he's like, studying. Also part of the intro. <laughs> Can I have your undivided attention for a minute? Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast, where we discuss all the current events happening in the fantasy football world and help you digest all the news flooding your feeds. I am Gina Noble, your host, and I'm joined today by a guy who is used to being disappointed in the football world, being a Giants fan, but he does not disappoint in the fantasy world. (laughs) They like to call him Big Papa. Mike, introduce yourself. Oh, that was great. <laughs> I really like how you keep pushing this big pop a bit. <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah. can't help it. I love it. It's the it's your thing. I had to, to not go by my username so people don't call me Papa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're using that. So the poor man's name is Mike. Yeah, okay. Mike. I said Mike. It is. Did you hate your intro? I thought it was funny. Well done. Oh no, I loved it. It was great. With his Clark Kent glasses, he's our fantasy Superman, Henry St. Clair. Dang, I think Superman trumps King, so I'll take it. And producer and fantasy genius that we all know as Iowa, Mr. Nick James. Fantasy genius. Glad to be here with Noble G the Queen. Oh, you are our fantasy genius. So there was a ton of stuff that has happened in the fantasy world this week free agency so many my phone has been going nuts i know your phones have been going nuts there are things happening all over the place starting with the cardinals we've got james connor who signed a three-year deal james connor is a 26 year old running back with the arizona cardinals came in last year last season had a really good season with the cardinals is known for his injury history, but he did pretty good in Arizona. How do we feel about him re-signing? How are we valuing him? Where are we at with James Conner going into next season? I'm definitely higher on him than I was like earlier in the offseason. I wasn't expecting him to re-sign with the Cardinals. It's definitely a place I still think they're going to end up drafting a rookie. He's got to be rising. This is one of the best case scenarios for where he could have gone. Wouldn't you say, Henry? Last year, he had fewer rushing yards than Miles Sanders. The saving grace for his season was that he had 14 more rushing touchdowns than Miles Sanders. I believe he was second in the league at 15 behind only Jonathan Taylor. I may be mistaken. Maybe Derrick Henry, someone else got up there. Just an outlier number of touchdowns. I would expect him to get goal line on what is one of the more prolific offenses in the league. But 15... I don't know, maybe. It was one of the only years that he's stayed healthy. He will be 27 here within the next two months. The year is two years pretty much fully guaranteed. So you will have the probable goal line and potentially starting running back for the Arizona Cardinals with James Conner. It's definitely worth something. Uh, How much is two years of a top 15 running back worth for you? He... Had a career low in yards per carry at 3.72 yards per carry. 
Anything below four is pretty brutal in the NFL. You could say if he's scoring a touchdown from the two-yard line, how many yards can he get? You know, that's a that's an argument people can make if you're running the ball in the five, you know, but didn't look great to me. I mean, we kind of liked Kenyon Drake the previous year. We did. After coming off a 10-touchdown season for Arizona. And then the following year, Connor gets somewhat of at least a similar role. I think it's undoubtable that Connor has to at least rise with some fear of falling back down if they sign another compliment. If there's someone that slides in there that replaces Chase Edmonds. Still, I mean... Connor, just a little bit older than like the Camaras and the Cook and the Zeke, just a little bit younger than Aaron Jones. So he's in the same like age group as these guys. Now, not all of these guys have had various things as far as medical ailments that Connor has had to endure, but dude was a top six RB last year just based on points because of, like you said, you know, that real high rushing touchdown total. Awesome story. Uh, when he got his first contract, he bought his dad a new car, and it just seems like he's one of the better guys in the league, always giving back to numerous charities. Certainly someone that, if you don't root for him, it's like, really? You, you dislike that guy? Come on, you know. He's a huge running back. He is 6'1", 235. I mean, that is goal line running back to me. And yeah, he did very well last year. The reason Kenyon Drake fell off the face of the planet was he didn't get re-signed by the Cardinals. Connor does. That's got to be worth something. Definitely worth something. Pretty good value late in, the, late in your startup drafts. And you could probably get him from next to nothing from a team that's either trying to move forward or get younger. Still concerned that they're going to bring somebody else in, but I don't think that really hurt him too much when he was at the goal line all last year. Iowa said it, though. The receiving game has seemed to elude Connor where they always have some sort of compliment. The last, like, two, three years, he's caught almost every ball thrown at him. Last year, he caught 37 of his 39 targets, and there were multiple reports this offseason of Arizona saying, yeah, when we threw the ball to him, he caught it and made plays. We don't know why we didn't throw the ball to him more. Like, looking back on tape, they were like, hmm, this guy's really versatile and awesome. So he could be still a value. Uh, Some people really like him, but who knows? He got paid. He's probably going to be drafted as like an RB3. And let's say he does almost as good as last year. He was an RB what? He was RB5 last year. Right around there. So what if he's, oh, maybe he's only half as good and he's an RB10 or 12. Obviously past the age that you prefer to have running backs. But as far as like how we valued Fournette at the end of the last year, Connor could go into this season in a similar kind of value range. Yeah, Connor is definitely a guy that I worry about injury history, but when he's on the field, he's getting the job done. I don't have many shares of Connor, but I, after last season, may definitely add some Connor to my rosters for sure. I mean, he did just go in the 11th in our last startup. That's an excellent value. All right, moving on to Zach Ertz, who just signed a three-year contract with the Cardinals as well. Zach Ertz was traded to the Cardinals last year was tight end five, I believe, last season. Who knows? Super dependent on scoring, TEP or not, half point TEP always changes everyone's positioning. I mean, with the wide range of the leagues people play, you know, if it's like PPR, if it's not even PPR, if it's no PPR, no premium, it's like... You could say a tight end one and be correct regardless. Top 10, top eight for sure, I think. 
Um, he did tie the Cardinals' single-season record for catches by a tight end in 11 games last season. Hmm. Fun fact. And only five touchdowns on 74 catches somehow. So what do you guys think about Zach Ertz? Are you rostering him? Are you trading him? What's your value on Ertz going into next season? He's probably going to fall in that ADP range where you probably shouldn't be drafting tight ends because he'll be after the top group and at the top of the next tier. So there's probably a good chance I won't get a ton of him. But if he's on your roster, then I think you have a really decent chance of having a tight end one again, assuming that Kyler doesn't hold out or something. Also a beneficiary of the Christian Kirk trade, I would imagine, as far as target percentage goes. He did receive 112 targets last year, which has to be top three or top five of all tight ends. That's a ridiculous number. They got him for like a fifth round pick and Tay Gowan from the Eagles. I mean, in hindsight, a weird trade. I know that he had a contract and they had to eat a lot of the money, but he signed a three-year, like $31 million contract with two years basically fully guaranteed. Him and Connor are going to be there the next two years on, again, if Kyler is indeed the quarterback. Give me the Kyler Murray recipients, the Kyler Murray weapons. I mean, definitely. It's also, I mean, they're both older assets, so they generally fall pretty far, and their value ends up being pretty low. I mean, you could probably get him for like a mid tight end two value and end up with a tight end one, and having that for two years, pretty solid. Definitely. I think he's two years younger than Kelsey still, maybe a year and some change, but tight ends are weird because Ertz was a guy that was just ripped into by most of the fantasy community two years ago on Philly. And they're like, he looks slow running routes. He looks bad, whatever. It's like, he's a tight, he's a possession tight end. You know, he's just going to run to a spot and kind of sit there. He's not going to beat anyone down the field or route them. He's going to be a safety blanket check down. He's going to be a high reception type guy. That's what he was. And I would expect him to continue to just soak it up. Is this a guy that you're in a draft when you're not taking, like, I know Iowa loves to torture me on tight ends. And I'm like, we should probably take a tight end this round. And he's like, no, 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 we can wait. Is this a guy that you're trying to target late if you are playing the game with tight ends that I'm going to take Ertz late and I'm going to take all the value that falls above Ertz in other positions. It depends when you're drafting because before free agency, there were several later guys like Ricky Seals Jones and other guys will get to that you could have taken with like your very last pick in a 30 round 12 team draft. And now that's a valid starter. And because those kind of options are available for different reasons, regardless of what time of year you draft, I'm typically not targeting those mid-range guys unless they seem to like fall to like a value. So Ertz, my approach to him will probably be that I won't end up with him coming out of drafts, but during the season or throughout whatever, I would be willing to acquire Ertz in parts of deals. I have no problem having Ertz on the roster for about close to what he's worth, but where he'll go in a draft, I'm going to be investing in other positions. I agree with that. At the point where Ertz is going, if you hadn't taken the tight end earlier, you'll probably end up taking one later because the value is just so much better at that point in the draft. You'll probably get much better value at wide receiver, maybe a quarterback even, rather than reaching a little bit on the tight end. But in trade, definitely would take him there. We've got some injury concerns too in Ertz's history. Uh, I think this was the first year since 2018 he played a full season, so that's something to consider as well. Hmm. Dang, Noble G with the stats. I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys aren't even going to know what to do with yourself. 
All right. Hey, uh, Iowa, real quick. For the Browns, you want to add in there like a note on Jakeem Grant? Uh, no, because I don't know anything about Jakeem Grant. What happened with him? He signed. He got like a three-year, like $14 million deal with them or something, which like Dang. is death to Schwartz for me. Oh, no. Well, I mean, Jakeem Grant is super old, dude. Oh, man. He's like a 5-6 punt returning god. He is shifty as hell. Yeah. He's not really fantasy relevant. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't play offense, but Schwartz was Schwartz. highly involved in special teams, so I understand where you're coming from. Yes. May the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> yeah. May the Schwartz be on fewer teams in the coming years. <laughs> Spaceballs, Claire. Claire has no idea what that refers to at all. May the Schwartz be with you. Yeah. May the, may the Force be Get with you. Get out of here. No, Schwartz. Get out of here. What movie, Claire? What movie? You act like because he's 22, he's never owned a TV in it's his life. Spaceballs. I mean, it's Spaceballs. It's Spaceballs. It's Spaceballs. I would have guessed like Phantom Menace or like just something. Oh, see? I told you he didn't know. <laughs> I've never, never seen Spaceballs. You should watch it. What? I know. Yeah. It's a little past my uh, demographic right no, there. You need to watch Spaceballs. So the... Arizona Cardinals also signed Colt McCoy as a backup quarterback with Murray looking to get paid. We're a little unsure what his future is in Arizona. Do we see Colt McCoy having any value right now on a roster? No. Deepest of deep leagues. Just today, Colt McCoy isn't the worst thing to throw at the end of your roster in a really deep draft where you're probably going to be dropping the last three rounds of players that are drafted anyways. So in an Iowa draft? There's a worse option than to put on there just in case... He decides he's going to hold out or there's something along those lines because he is a very inexpensive contract and is obviously one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I found it interesting that like his contract voids if it goes to the MLB and there's a couple little interesting things in there that make it where the percent chance is small, but. Making fun of Kyler's size. Colt McCoy could potentially start for a few weeks at the beginning of the season. It was like when Watson might hold out, people were drafting Tyrod because he was going to potentially start for the first few weeks if Watson was going to hold out. And then everything else, you know, snowballed afterwards. But same logic, Colt McCoy, people are going to have quarterbacks on their rosters that are not worth rostering. At least Colt McCoy, there's a scenario I can envision where he ends up being at least worth kind of something. It still has to be a deep enough league, though. I mean, in most 12-team leagues, he's not rosterable. There are definitely better players Mm -hmm. on waivers to roster. Yep, it'd be the barely the end of the top 300 and even then it's probably going to be later than that it is an interesting tidbit that kingsbury and kyler have the same agent so i really would find it hard to believe that an agency would be like yeah my client you should hold out and totally screw over my other client's team because that'll look really great for both of you it's an interesting angle it's it's a tough situation but realistically kyler's probably in line for you know a five-year 200 million dollar contract they're just squabbling over whether or not it's how many years are guaranteed you know if it's 40 million or 45 million oh whatever yep so potentially eventually is after thinking uh yeah i would definitely imagine kyler gets a contract there mm-hmm. that'd be crazy not to yep moving into the browns let's see what's going on in cleveland we got amari cooper was the big story going to the browns amari cooper is a player that i have have to be honest, I target exactly zero times in any draft in any <laughs> league. Amari Cooper has always come with a ton of disappointment on my fantasy teams. 
Sometimes I'm a little overly critical of my players. I like them to perform at 100%. <laughs> Amari Cooper moves into Cleveland. There's definitely mixed emotions about the Amari Cooper trade. Where do we feel he's probably going to be going into the, the spot that Odell Beckham Jr. left? Well, we don't have Baker Mayfield throwing to him. Presumably going to be traded. Sounds like the Browns are currently dug in. They denied his request last we heard to be traded. Um, it is the fifth-year option for Baker. So it's 19 mil, fully guaranteed. Was the first overall pick, obviously, in that 2017, 18, 2018 draft, I think. The voice just gets higher when you're not entirely sure. But mm-hmm. I think it'd be very funny to see him and Sam Darnold both battle it out on the Panthers for the starting gig because they're both on the fifth-year option as underperforming rookies. Obviously not going to happen. Panthers just are like, who's our quarterback? You'd want to see that? <laughs> it'd be pretty funny. You know, the Panthers just... I mean, w- watch it? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, you know, the cream rises to the top now it's like what piece of shit floats um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah amari cooper especially if their quarterback winds up being case keenum who i believe is currently the backup there uh that could be really bad cooper is still on the same contract so he can just be kind of cut whenever they don't want him anymore and they just clear 20 million in cap uh, that's an interesting angle for me donovan people's jones was valued by some because of the excellent hyphen in his last name <laughs> And Andy's 6'4", and he's lanky, and you know he's kind of fast, but six-round pick out of Michigan a couple, couple years ago. Hasn't done a ton. He's no Amir Smith-Marset. No Amir Smith-Marset. He was the Browns' leading receiver last year. That is depressing. <laughs> it is the Browns. <laughs> is Cleveland <laughs> would agree. <laughs> yep. And the two that were valued higher than him are no longer on the squad. <sighs> yes. Uh, yeah, Rashard Higgins, I believe, signed a contract elsewhere. He was in Cleveland mm-hmm. as well. Obviously, Cooper. They added Jakeem Grant three years, like 12 or $13 million. Again, probably kick returner, punt returner money. You could see him line up in the slot, be a gadget guy on end of rounds, kind of weird stuff, but not a true receiver, really. Uh, Demetric Felton, there were talks if he was going to be drafted receiver, running back, you know, whatever. He looks like a running back, but it seems as if they're keeping Kareem Hunt this year, unless they can package him in a trade. So maybe with Hunt and Chubb at running back, Felton will get split out wide. Wouldn't surprise me if they added someone in free agency or the draft. But with what money, I guess. Jakeem Grant's kind of puzzling because it was Schwartz doing some kick returning and then they switched and did Felton do some kick returning. Yeah. And then they go and they make it a priority to sign Jakeem Grant, another kick returner. So congratulations. You have two wide receivers and three kick returners on your team. Like, what are you going to do on offense? Return kicks and play defense. (laughs) The offense is so bad. They're like, we have to score a touchdown on kick return right now. (laughs) We just need return touchdowns. I mean, I I was a little bit happy about Cooper before like they had Watson visiting Cleveland and then Baker probably getting traded I thought maybe like Baker could be a buy low after the injured season last year but everything's kind of just falling apart there if I had Cooper I'd probably be selling him if I could get decent value but I don't think that you can right now probably a hold any player if their name hits the headlines whether it's positive negative any kind of name in the headlines people especially in the offseason if you're not like completely dialed in the people's names in the headlines are the ones you feel most confident trading away or for because you have like a grasp of what you think they might be worth because you saw the headline so pretty much anybody in the headlines you know you can make part of deals 
like, are you selling necessarily high or low? Blah, blah, blah. I get, I get that argument, but I've moved Cooper in a couple different deals since the trade. And it's just because when they tell you who they're interested in, they include Cooper because he, he just had a headline on Twitter. Like Shefty just said, Cooper, I'm interested in Cooper. We also got uh, Landry who was cut by the Browns. So he's currently a free agent. Mm-hmm. Brought back Njoku. Yeah. Yes. Puzzling why they did that. Yeah. A number of their moves have been kind of puzzling there with Hooper being cut post June 1 designation and then they have Njoku. They've always kind of liked Harrison Bryant, but it seems like Njoku's going to be the starting tight end with who knows what a quarterback. Schwartz was a third round pick out of Auburn. That's like not awful capital. When you talk about Donovan Peoples-Jones being a sixth round pick, it's weird why Schwartz wasn't used a ton. I wasn't a huge fan on him coming out, but when someone gets third round capital, you almost have to be. Although, Amari Rogers. But yeah, Landry being cut. Hopefully sounds like New Orleans and Chiefs are the most interested, but nothing as of yet probably happens in the coming days. And Joku is definitely puzzling. I thought, I, I mean, I really thought they had something in Harrison Bryant. I still like Austin Hooper. He got cut. Hopefully he becomes a giant. <laughs> a lot of money for a tight end that's just not great. Yeah, that Hooper contract, that was interesting. And they ate a bunch of the dead money, too. They, they made Austin Hooper the highest paid tight end of all time two years ago after... Yeah. I want to say he was franchise tagged by the Falcons for a year, or like they were going to franchise tag him and then didn't or something weird and then he played on the tag and then hit free agency and just signed a mega contract and so i had a lot of hooper because i was like hey man you don't become the highest paid anything for no reason although some people that don't like Kirk cousins will make that point but <laughs> who knows that was wild atl was smart not to pay him just like they were smart to let julio jones go i think that's something that's missed in free agency a lot is if a team overpays for someone and signs them away from a team that had them that's one thing if this is a star player that walks on their own volition whatever but when a guy leaves a team because their own team just didn't have interest it's like maybe the team that saw the guy every day in practice for the last three four years was like yeah he's not worth that money but that should tell you something i think the one thing cleveland fans will agree with you on is they do a lot of puzzling things The Browns tendered Dearness Johnson, 26-year-old Dearness Johnson, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both missing a combined 12 games last season. Johnson finished as the Browns' second leading rusher. He's a guy that I feel like nobody was thinking about, and he ended up having a really good season. Might be a person to target that you could get a pretty good deal on and should... Chubb go down uh, definitely has some value there. I know Henry and I talked about it last season, but Hunt could be cut with no dead. So if they trade or cut Hunt or do something funky with the contract and move off of Hunt after tendering Dearness Johnson, not tendering. <laughs> Maybe they swipe left on Hunt and swipe right on Dearness Johnson. Ba-bum Chang. <laughs> and that's who gets to back up Chubb and Dearness Johnson, second leading rusher. He, I mean, like he had valued the weeks that he was the starter, and it's because literally any Browns running back is probably going to be worth a play if they're the one that's healthy and they're the one that's a starter. So I like Dearness Johnson as a late stash guy. 
Cleveland finished fourth in the league in rushing, so definitely value in their running backs. I mean, he's definitely worth a stash, but at the same time, he's like his value is really dependent on one or two guys getting hurt or one of them getting cut. At that point, I mean, he's the third running back on a team with a questionable quarterback, and uh, I don't know really what they're doing at wide receiver and tight end right now. I don't think they know what they're doing at wide receiver, tight end, or quarterback for that matter currently. I think that's clear. <laughs> But Dearness is interesting because it seems like Kareem Hunt would have been a cut for them, but they kept trying to throw him in Watson packages. They were attempting to trade for Watson, and they're like, we'll give you two first and Kareem Hunt. How's Kareem Hunt sound right about now? Anyone want Kareem Hunt in a trade? What do you give us for Kareem Hunt? Like, before they cut him, they're trying to see if they can get anything for him back. And if they can't get what they like, maybe they hold on to him. They decide, we're not paying anyone else. We're not paying a quarterback. Let's just pay Hunt. And Kevin Stefanski was in Minnesota and ran ran the heck out of the ball. So he's bringing that to Cleveland. Actually, it was kind of wild. Like, with uh, Johnson last year, how many games he won me? He replaced them very well on that team, fantasy-wise at least. He's a good runner, and that's kind of gives some credence to the zero or you know one rb community and dynasty where they go i'm gonna get stud young receivers and have them hopefully for the next 10 years and then just find guys like dearness johnson Jarrett patterson who won people championships in the championship week seriously got put up like 20 points these backup like undrafted free agent guys that eventually wind up being something Dion jackson is a name that i've kept an eye on for the colts He's an undrafted free agent for the Colts. And seriously, I think he's their number two next year after they get rid of Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines is a scat back. It's Jonathan Taylor and Deion Jackson, and he's a name that not very many people are going to be familiar with, and he's probably the cuff. Mm, so he could be like mustard to Naheem's Hines <laughs> to the JT Burger. <laughs> <laughs> JT's got some beef. <laughs> well, fun fact about Dearness Johnson is he didn't play in 2018, and he, instead he actually spent the year fishing in Key West. I mean, that sounds fantastic. That. Yep, that's in my notes. <laughs> mm. I should go do that. He didn't think he was ever going to get an NFL contract. Seriously, he went undrafted and he said, I'm going to become a fisherman. And then the Browns called him for a workout and he's like, eh. And then he came in and had a really big role with injuries. He did. The Dolphins should have called. Yeah, Miami, Key West. Yeah. Wait, they're not a fish. The do- yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Key West... The Dolphins have had some uh, interesting signing. We've got Chase Edmonds signing a two-year contract. Um, I'm personally a little bit hurt and upset because this is going to kill my Gaskins. (laughs) All of my my shares of Miles Gaskin, who... uh, Iowa knows I love so much. They were already dead. Yep. I know. I know. But don't rub it in. That was my one I told you so late stash that ended up panning out really well. (laughs) Uh, Chase Edmonds comes in from Arizona. How do we feel about him coming in? He's coming in as the lead back in Miami. Maybe. Maybe. If Miami is the Miami of old, then it's a rotating door at running back, but there have been some t- changes in light coaching and whatnot. So you're saying... They got the OC from the 49ers, is that correct? Correct, yeah. Mike McDaniel, personal favorite hire of the offseason. Very smart guy. Seriously, worked with Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, and anytime you even like rub shoulders with those guys, hiring interest just goes through the roof. I mean, look at Zach Taylor, and then he goes to the Super Bowl. Seems like it's kind of paying off. Kingsbury, those guys. Offensive genius, really. 
and he has a love for the game where just hearing him even speak about anything it's just so knowledgeable on like leverage points and you know exactly how many steps on a route and when you turn and everything like i just i love the guy but I think Raheem Mostert is going to wind up being the starter until he gets hurt. It's going to be a Matt Burita type situation where the guy's going to look awesome for four games and then get hurt. And then he's going to come back for a game, look awesome, and get hurt. Uh, Edmonds, two years, $12 million. He got paid the same annually that James Conner did, both the Arizona guys. Which, again, if a team lets one guy walk and they keep another, kind of tells me that they saw Connor as the better guy to keep around, or Edmonds just didn't want to stay. But I think Mostert was interesting how much money he, he got. He got like plus out of $3 million after not playing last year. Mostert just scares me with the injuries. I mean, I still, ha- I, I mean, I still have a very low value on Mostert. He's always hurt. I mean, a couple of games where he does play, yeah, he can go ahead and get you there. But, I mean, at his age, how often he plays, he just doesn't have a lot of value value to me fantasy wise and admins didn't really get a heck of a lot of money there with the dolphins and i'm i'm not really sure what they're doing there so i really can't make any kind of heavy investment in that backfield so you're saying there's a chance that miles gaskin might not have lost his job i mean he might not have lost something he might he'll have some kind of role there or maybe they do draft somebody or they cut dokes Duke Johnson's a free agent. Maybe he's the third, but Raheem Mostert is the most hurt running back by a long shot. So Chase Edmonds is at least one of our favorite heights. He's got that going for him. He is an excellent height and weight at 5'9". I was just going to say, must be (laughs) 5'9". And he went to Fordham University, which was one of the only two like non-Division One prospects in that class with Foyasada Luwakan, who also got paid this offseason. At a Yale, I believe. He recovered like two onside kicks in one game for the Falcons against the Saints. That was a crazy game with Young Wake Who with his spinning kicks and everything like that. But I think Mostert, the Breida comp that I made was two pronged. 49er, although Mostert originally was in Miami and the Ravens early in his career, just never stuck around. But Breida is one of the fastest running backs in the league, and so is Mostert. When Mostert would catch some of those toss plays that the Niners would run, his ball carrier speeds were faster than any log by Tyreek Hill. This guy would hit 23 and a half miles per hour on runs. The guy has olympic level straight line speed and if miami can figure out their run game mike mcdaniel runs the heck out of the balls we saw in san francisco seriously probably the highest run rate of any team with the unique ways they use fullbacks and tight end blocking with george kittle and ushek i think miami will be a run first run heavy offense i just can't i just can't get into buying into any most it's got to be so cheap though most like seriously if you go to the most manager if you'd gone to them you know a week ago what would they have wanted for a guy like Mostert? i'm not sure i'd even want to pay he's it. a borderline cut he's a borderline like and I, I understand his value is very low it's, mm-hmm. i mean you could probably get him for a fourth round rookie pick but i i, I still don't think i even want that oh man i have basically no shares because there was always at least one person in every draft that believed in Mostert and would take him in the in the mids territory rather than the trash territory if you can buy him for trash i think think you're dumpster diving and i uh, think it could really pay off to be honest but i'm not i'm not looking to pay a second he's not taxi eligible and he's there's <laughs> probably better players on the waivers for the end of your roster but he will be ir eligible <laughs> <laughs> very soon very soon give it two quarters so what you're saying is the most dirt gonna get is a soggy taco for him <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep at most Mike Kosicki gets a franchise tag in Miami. 
And we've got a secondary tight end, Hunter Long. Yeah, but it's just kind of pushing the long dream down the line or eliminating it altogether. One of the two. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they use multiple tight ends or whatever. But the hope kind of with Hunter Long was that Gasecki's going to be a free agent. He'll leave and then it'll be the Hunter Long show. Well, no, Gasecki tagged. So even with the new OC, as you described there, Gasecki's coming back. So he's still waiting on Hunter Long to become a thing. It's going to be a long time. Hmm. You could hunt long and hard and not find Hunter Long in a box score, to quote myself. That's the thing about third-round rookie tight ends, though. If you're taking them in rookie drafts, you're doing it wrong, in my opinion, because they're going to get dropped in a year when they haven't played. Mm -hmm. Like Kylan Granson, Tommy Tremble, who I admittedly liked a little too much. These guys are not going to come in the league. Unless your name is Kyle Pitts, you're not coming into the league as a rookie and being a starting tight end dominating. Now, Fryer Muth looked good. Once you get past that second round as a rookie tight end, these are guys you're going to have to wait three, four years on. Like, look at Dallas Goddard. Or even Kelsey took a little while to develop in his career. Kittle took a couple years to develop. Most of these guys, Andrew sat behind Hayden Hurst. Waller, I mean, he had other issues, but seriously, all the top tight ends did not come in the league and dominate. At tight end, these are guys year three, four, that are just going to start hitting their prime. It's weird how the tight end takes longer to learn and develop in the NFL. Gasicki on the tag, maybe that's awesome for Hunter Long that he didn't get a long-term extension. No pun intended again. Take the pun. Gasicki <laughs> in a year will be a free agent again. And uh, maybe if Gasicki's a free agent again in a year, they move on to Hunter Long. Gasicki had the third most targets of any tight end last year. So this year, I would expect similar usage uh, with what they have at receiver. Understandable for sure. So basically, you're saying no matter how great the prospect profile looks for a tight end, don't draft him in your rookie draft. In the third round, I mean, look at like Devin Asiasi and uh, whoever, Dalton Keene, the two Patriots tight ends that were drafted in like the third or fourth round two years ago. It was like, which one of these guys is going to be the Patriots starting tight end? And they pay Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith a combined like 110 million. It's like, okay, neither of them. Awesome. Love that. It was like Ryan Izzo. I'll admit I fell into the Patriots tight end trap a couple years ago in draft just because the Patriots, when they had Gronk, loved and they seem to like their tight ends. Uh, I took a chance on them. I won't do that again. I learned my lesson the hard way. <laughs> hey, I like Hunter Henry. I like Hunter Henry too. I didn't like the rookies that I chose and amounted to absolutely nothing. <laughs> you are getting them very late and you can kind of stash them on your taxi, but I, I don't know. If, I mean, I don't know if any taxis you can hold a player for three or four years on. Yeah, no. So, former Cowboy wide receiver Cedric Wilson signs a three-year deal in Miami. He joins Jalen Waddell, Devontae Parker. Uh, are we looking at a wide receiver three there with Cedric Wilson? I would think so. Assuming that my boy Lynn Bowden doesn't rise ranks or Preston Williams doesn't become something that he hasn't been so far. But, nope, they clearly got Cedric Wilson. And a lot of people thought Cedric Wilson might actually be going back to the Cowboys, but he has not. So with Gallup going back to the Cowboys and not Cedric Wilson, I'm curious to see who the Cowboys get. But as far as the the Dolphins here, he's at least there kind of kills some of the dream for Bowden or Preston Williams there. Cedric Wilson, I probably would have liked him better as a Cowboy. Uh, Debo Samuel's become somewhat of a buzzword in fantasy communities. 
But with the Niners OC becoming the head coach of Miami, the shoe seems to fit a little better than just random teams and random players. If they're going to use someone in the Debo role, I would imagine it's Jalen Waddell with his skills with the ball in his hands, his versatility, his speed. Uh, probably not you know, as built as Debo Samuel is weight-wise, muscle-wise, but I think they could use him in a similar role. Lynn Bowden kind of fits that profile. I mean, if you're like really trying to you know, make a case for him, he was like running back, quarterback, in college, wide receiver, like all over the place. But yeah, Devontae Parker is there, and Waddle, and then Cedric Wilson, third at best. Teddy Bridgewater to the Dolphins. Do you love Tua? Or do you think Teddy Bridge QB? You just stole my moment. <laughs> I do love Tua, but I mean, he did get hurt last year. I think he was hurt a little bit the year before. I mean, he's got a little more value than Brissett. He's a better quarterback. He might end up playing a couple games this year. He's probably not the worst late round draft pick he can take. I mean, I don't think he's gonna... definitely like stashing him. Yeah, more I mean, than like Colt stash... McCoy. Definitely more than Colt McCoy because I think it's more likely that he will play. I mean, unfortunately, it's going to be the injury. I mean, I don't think he's good enough to take to his job or anything, but definitely a serviceable, serviceable starter that you'd probably be able to pick up, especially in an injury. Teddy Bridge quarterback. Yep. Teddy backup quarterback. Yeah, he's no longer the bridge quarterback. Is his career water under the bridge? He's a great backup to have. Hey, he's back in his hometown. He's a Miami boy. He's happy to be home. Like 16-team super flex leagues, when you're taking backup quarterbacks who could be okay if something happened to the starter, he is one of the top guys on that list. But this was not an ideal signing spot for Teddy for fantasy value. I think it could be. With uh, Tua's injury history, the ankles in college, the undersized to an extent, you know, six foot flat, like 190-something pounds. Uh, he got hurt last year. You know, it's a question of Teddy might not be good enough to take Tua's job, but is Tua bad enough to lose his job? Lot thickens. But even with the injuries, I mean, he could to he could definitely see him on the field four games, five games this year. I mean, it's not like it's something that's out of the realm of possibilities. He was pretty much gotten hurt every year. With the plot as thick as Ryan Fitzpatrick's beard. So speaking of quarterbacks, <laughs> uh, let's talk about Deshaun Watson. We'll probably know by the time you hear this. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, every day be Christmas. But we'll definitely react to that more in the future episodes. Yeah, I did hear in a couple places that it's expected he gets like maybe a six-game suspension. Which is a good point because someone went out of their way to talk about how it was a smash except to buy Watson. There is some risk of, okay, they didn't play him because if they played him, then he would be suspended and then they'd have to pay him. So by not playing him, they save some money. So the next team, if they suspend him and then if he starts cold, he could be not a whole lot in the coming year but then you know still 27 and a half going into the following season set up with a team that's bought into him because clearly that's going to be the price so maybe in the future but if you're trying to win this year i have a little bit of hesitancy buying watson right now i if people are boosting him up to pre-allegation prices i'm willing to cash out at that value because you know obviously you want to cash out at ceiling but if you cash out now I think his value is going to be less as soon as they announce the suspension. All of a sudden, his value is going to be less. So if you can cash out now, if you're going to cash out at all, it might be a, a decent time to do so. Who is he throwing to in Atlanta? I think it was tender, some some kind of something with Alameda as a Zacchaeus. So awesome height, five nine. He flashed last year. He's in 
ideal height for podcast <laughs> listeners. For Henry um, podcast <laughs> people. You got to think that they're not done adding to that wide receiver room. There's going to be somebody, however gross. You can't possibly bring Deshaun Watson onto your team and not have anybody for him to throw to. If you know he's going to be suspended, then you can be like, we're going to have somebody by next year. That's true. I mean, you can also get something back in a package for Ryan if you traded him to, like, maybe the Colts or something. And You think Cooks is upset and wants traded as well? Goes with Watson? Does that guy want to get traded or not want to get traded? I can't remember. Yeah, it was he didn't, <laughs> and then he did, and then he didn't. Nobody knows. Then he never wanted to be traded again. Nobody actually knows. Yeah. Regardless, he's probably going to be traded for another first because if history proves anything that's what it is but he wasn't super happy when ingram got traded last year so it makes me think that maybe he doesn't want to ride out the rebuild with the texans but you never know it's it's hard to uh look forward into something that's going to be made apparent by the time listeners hear this but potentially maybe another quarterback on the radar uh one that had us guessing what he was going to do last year uh aaron Rodgers did indeed sign a three-year contract so he'll be with the Packers another three years but the blockbuster news coming out of Green Bay today was the Devontae Adams trade where are we sitting with Devontae Adams going to the Raiders he's now going to be with Derek Carr what are we doing with him I'll preface this by saying last season, Henry and I talked about all the different wide receivers that were great on the Packers or great with Rodgers and left to become irrelevant. Now, this Adams trade is way bigger than any of these other wide receivers got when leaving as far as another team valuing them that highly. But... I think it's got to be a negative for Adams, for sure. I mean, you can't say that he's going to do better with Carr throwing him the ball than Rodgers focusing on force-feeding him the ball. I think a lot of people did think that Carr could be a quarterback one, but maybe he didn't have the receivers on his team. He Wall was out much of last year. He had Hunter Renfro. Maybe bringing a guy like Adams in bumps him up. Maybe he think they people think that he's like like a missing link over there as far as a receiver. I mean, in a startup I'm doing right now, I just saw that car jumped up to the fourth round after news. It's a slow draft, so news kind of breaks and people change minds. I still think that Adams being kind of fed targets by Rodgers was a lot of his production. And if I can get any kind of decent value out of that on hype, maybe going to the Raiders and the new team, I would. But I just don't think that's what you're going to be able to get. I'm more excited about whoever the Packers do bring in. The people that are following closely are saying that Adams is one of the older wide receivers that have some value still. So it might be difficult to kind of sell him high, but like anything, as soon as that name hits the headlines, people might be interested, especially if they're more of a redraft mindset. I can't imagine someone liking Adams more today than they did yesterday. There's no world in which you can be like, yes, Derek Carr and loses Rodgers. It's like probably 15 fewer touchdowns available for Devontae Adams to get. Now you can go, "Mm, Devontae Adams gets 15 touchdowns a year. Let's just subtract those from Rodgers and give them to Carr. And you're crazy if that's your mindset. You must just really love Derek Carr. (laughs) They did both play at Fresno State together. They were collegiate teammates. 
So I know there's been some desire there for them to play together. Maybe they can rekindle that sort of connection on the field that they had. Because always saw Adams with a mind meld with Rodgers. He's previously had that with Carr. There's definitely the chemistry there because Carr was not so subtly trying to recruit Adams to let's get the band back together again. How wild is that that they both went to Fresno State together? Two amazing, say what you will about Carr, top half of the league quarterback, getting paid franchise quarterback money, Devontae Adams, probably a Hall of Fame receiver. They both went to Fresno State together. Like, USC couldn't get them. Like, UCLA, Cal, like, no one got, like, Fresno State, really? That was the school that was like, yeah, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr are, like, awesome. So I go to my ranks and I look to see if there's anybody from Fresno State coming out this year. And apparently Ronnie Rivers is probably going to be the next Devontae Adams, even though he plays running back. But <laughs> just something to keep note of. So going going back to Aaron Rodgers for a second, I know as of prior to this contract extension for three years, you know, he's definitely one of those quarterbacks in a dynasty league that I'm picking later because of his age and uncertainty on how many years he's going to have left with three years on his contract. How are you drafting Aaron Rodgers in, in startup drafts? Are did it change where you're drafting him at? It didn't really change where I'm drafting him at because he always goes earlier than I'm comfortable drafting him at. He's getting taken with quarterbacks that are 10 years, 15 years younger than him. Going into second, third round sometimes, usually by Packers fans. <laughs> he's always taken like earlier than I'm comfortable with. It, it, like you could tell me he's going to play for you know three or four more years on the Packers, and even if Adams is there, and he's still going to get taken earlier than I'm comfortable taking him. But he's a great win now quarterback. I mean, do you ever play your drafts in a way that you would set yourself up a little bit for win now? No, I don't leave myself back into that corner because that leaves you with it with a team that ends up dying. I like to go ahead and keep it open-ended where I can go for a win or I can, go, you know, kind of retool and keep things going. I usually stay a bit younger. I'm rarely going to go ahead and invest that early of a capital to invest in that old of an asset. Those are mid-season trade assets. I think Mike nailed it on the head. Typically, when I'm leaving the draft, I want to grab assets that are going to maintain or appreciate in value. And then as the season rolls along and you actually see whether you are a contender or pretender based on how injuries go and how teams go and how the seasons go, a ton of ton changes week one let alone halfway through the season so once i actually see a more clear path to where the direction the team is going that's when i'm trying to acquire those older assets like aaron Rodgers, like tom brady last year if you didn't drop him you know when he retired aaron Rodgers typically goes around the same time as zach wilson if henry isn't in the draft or <laughs> Henry. Like to, uh, and honestly, when he was, there was wonder whether he would retire. I got him in one of the few startups that we did this year, just because all those other quarterbacks, including Tua, were gone and Rodgers was still sitting there. It's like, uh, so Aaron Rodgers, yes, at a value. Aaron Rodgers now probably not going to be a value. So I'm right there with Mike, where I'm typically not investing in that old of an asset or that limited amount of future of an asset in the that he's probably going to be taken. I'm going to sound conspiracy theorist E. I for love a, a good conspiracy theory. Henry, birds are real. Uh, the, earth, <laughs> the earth is not flat. 
<laughs> Birds are government spies, and because I believe that, they've been crapping on my car lately. But Rogers, with Adams leaving town, I can't imagine he's thrilled about that. Correct? I have inside information on that. I actually think he knew <laughs> that he was going to be leaving town and was not going to be there when he's when he signed his contract. Full disclosure, this news broke like an hour yeah. before we recorded, so we're still catching up with everything that's going on. But go ahead, Henry. If, if Aaron Rodgers knew about Devontae Adams being traded, that would be the most shocking thing of all time. Green Bay has proven one thing. And that is they don't tell Aaron Rodgers anything they don't have to. They're like, yeah, we're going to draft a quarterback, and we're going to trade up to draft him, like, without even really telling you. We're going to, like, trade away Devontae Adams, probably not tell you. What if Rodgers is just pissed, and he goes, I'm retired. What if he just walked away from the game within, like, the next week? I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying, I think it'd be pretty funny. Just stick it to the Packers, be like, <laughs> I think the initial reaction is that they constantly do that to Aaron Rodgers. Like, he wants weapons, and they go and draft anything other than weapons. But in this... And trade away Devontae Adams. In this case, I think Devontae Adams actually wanted out of Green Bay. So, I think Devontae got exactly what Devontae wanted. And I think Rodgers knew that he was probably not going to be there. If anyone told Rodgers, it would have been Devontae Adams. <laughs> Devontae Adams supposedly bought a house next to Derek Carr in Las Vegas. So I, I think this has been something that's been in the works. I like your conspiracy theory, and it's immediately where we went until the cheeseheads got to us and gave us all the insider information. Huh? Well, I'm curious where they get it from. Cause the only source I trust about Rogers is Pat McAfee. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you saw Rogers was like, I'm coming back. But then he's like, okay, I haven't actually signed this deal. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that has something to do with them still working with Adams at that point. Cause it might've changed his deal if they could have worked something out with Adams. So when it finally came down to it, the tweets are saying that Adams chose Oakland. He, and and Rogers, Las Vegas even. Rogers um, yeah. signed that con. He signed it. So originally, yes, I think there was some open-endedness there, but then he signed that contract before the information broke about Adams leaving. Yep. Right, which really makes me think, like, the Packers were holding out on trading Devontae Adams until they, like, locked Aaron Rodgers there. They're like, Aaron Rodgers, you're trapped here. And now say goodbye to Devontae Adams. Like, a day later. It's just this crazy town. But let's face it. If you're if you're Devontae Adams, you're taking that massive contract and you're going. And then the other rumor, I don't know how much truth there is, is that um, the Packers were going to actually match the contract mm -hmm. and Devonte said no he wanted to go to las vegas mm. just uh allegedly intriguing intriguing i wonder if he's condemning love like yeah no he, he doesn't believe in love <laughs> rogers is cool but love is not and i'd rather have all car instead <laughs> love is not cool that's what i learned today <laughs> so with Devonte out of the picture in green bay we've got a wide receiver by the name of alan lazard who is the undisputed second receiver behind adams 
Um, I feel like Alan Lazard just got a massive boost. That can't be all they're going to have. No way. Uh, MVS is a free agent, so I don't know. I doubt they bring him back, but maybe. Iowa State product, Alan Lazard, wide receiver one. Now, it might last as long as Chase Edmonds' season, which was about two days. We'll see uh, who the Packers have as far as a plan at wide receiver there. Now, he did... He does have a second round tender on him, which in my opinion shows that he earned some respect respect in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. In Green Bay specifically, because I'd be really surprised if another team is offering a second round there. I'm most interested in to see if, if they just really totally do the normal Packers thing where they just whatever at wide receiver, maybe Amari Rogers somehow finds relevancy, kind of like MVS who might be irrelevant without Rodgers. Had some relevancy. Maybe Amari Rodgers rises in relevancy. Uh, Rodgers and Rodgers, <laughs> law firm, group, or whatever. Hey, Rodgers. Hey, Rodgers. Mm-hmm. That was like Darnold to the Arnold. Hey. But much better. Right. Four weeks until yeah. Darnold got traded. And Darnold started playing like Darnold. And Darnold got benched. And more got hurt and then got benched. But And then he was bad. Uh, interesting. They restructured Randall Cobb's contract so they could keep him this year, which hmm. flew totally under the radar, but he's there this year, which maybe that's why Rogers signed that big deal. He goes, oh, yes, Randall Cobb again. Every <laughs> <day>. <laughs> Let's go. Never discount Randall Cobb. I'll tell you, he was an old faithful. Yeah. Adams who? We, we got Cobb. Cobb. <laughs> Calls up Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver. He's like, what are you guys doing? Come on. Mm-hmm. And he's a great late round stash. <laughs> uh, they got a couple of firsts, a second round pick. Maybe they draft somebody there. I'd be really excited for Juju, but we'll see. I love that point you just made. That they acquired all the capital of Devontae Adams. I seriously wouldn't have even thought of that. That is a brilliant point that they got. You would really hope that they spend their first ever first round pick on a wide receiver for Rodgers. The only first round pick he's ever thrown a touchdown to is anyone know this name? Yes, it is the tight end Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis, the only first round pick Rodgers has ever thrown a touchdown pass to. That's an insane statistic. And the Packers didn't pick him first round. Yeah. No, that was Jacksonville. Maybe. He's the undrafted free agent, Alan Lazard. So maybe that's the tidbit that got him to sign the contract was that we promise you when we trade Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. we will get you your weapons. I'm guessing there weren't any promises made when love was taken in the first there round a couple of years ago. There was definitely some love <laughs> lost on that. <laughs> And when they were like, we'll trade you after the year if you want out. And then they like were like, we never said that. And then the, it just a Packers promise has to mean less than nothing to Aaron Rodgers at this point. Listen, Packers fans everywhere lost their mind on that pick because they just were like, where is the wide receivers? No, nope, we got Josiah DeGuara. We're set. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take A.J. Dillon two or three rounds before other people thought he'd be drafted. All right, well, that's enough cheese talk. This has been real cheesy, but let's move on to the Lions. The Lions. Let's let's get excited about the Lions. <laughs> Don't forget the Lions. Wait, oh, so you, you want to do the Lions. I mean, the Lions is kind of important. I mean, they signed Tim Boyle. I mean, they got Wiz Khalif. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. 
Shark on a one-year contract? <laughs> that, that was some of the absolute best dry humor I've heard in, like, months. Yeah, that, was, that was awesome. I thought you were, like, 100% being serious that whole time. That you're like, go on, Tim Boyle. That was awesome. <laughs> Tim Boyle? Yeah, Goff is uh, in trouble. Guys, I have no... I have literally no t- talking points about Tim Boyle whatsoever. I do. All I have is Ooh. that he re-signed his contract for one year. Let's hear these talking points. He re-signed his contract for one year, and I think that keeps Goff in the quarterback position for the Lions for this year, at least. Does he have some kind of a relationship with Tim Boyle that I don't know about? They signed a backup quarterback. I think if you're going to draft a rookie, you don't go at the beginning and sign Tim Boyle as your backup. Now, could he be the third, fourth guy on the depth chart? Could he not even be on the team to begin the season? Maybe, but... Maybe the Lions just think they're not going to be able to get the, any of the QBs they want. Goff's not really a guy that gets hurt, and Tim Boyle's not really a guy that you want to beat Goff in a quarterback competition to play <laughs> over. They didn't sign competition. They signed a backup. They signed a backup that you don't even ever want to play. If they were intending on drafting a rookie, they probably wouldn't have signed one and just grabbed one later on because they already have Goff. You don't need somebody to teach Goff. It's not like Goff needs a mentor. I mean, he's just not great. But I have an awesome talking point about Tim Boyle. Oh, good. I can't in wait college. to hear this. TB12. TB12. He threw one touchdown in college and 13 interceptions in his collegiate career. And in the pros, three touchdowns, six interceptions for a grand total of five, uh, four touchdowns and 19 interceptions since college. Like, So I feel like there must have been slim pickings at some point for this guy to even have a professional career. He knows some coach. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> He could be really great in the film room. He, he obviously knows where there's a body buried. <laughs> or like uh, on the Patriots, Hoyer. Hoyer. He's got to be Hoyer or like Drew Stanton yeah. from the Cardinals for years past. Oh, wow. Uh, the guy in the Texans. Why can't I remember his name now? Driscoll, the rare athlete. No, 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 no. The, the guy who was an actual coach now. Tight end Driscoll. Oh, Colt McCoy. No, he's quarterback Driscoll. Yeah, no, not Colt. Uh, not Colt McCoy. Josh McCown. Sorry. Josh McCown. He was a great film guy. He was great he was awesome. in actual practice and everything. That's why he was always signed. He could be a guy like that. But he could play football. I don't know that yeah. <laughs> Tim Boyle could play football. Josh McCown, like, like almost took the Cardinals to the playoffs that one year. I mean, he could play. He's good in the Jets. I guess he could play football like Brooks Bollinger. Or... At best, he could Tim Simmer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! They also so they got Shark on one year. All right. Well, you guys are having a lot of fun with Tim Boyle. Let's move on to Josh Reynolds. So Josh Reynolds was uh, claimed off of waivers from the Titans midseason. And he actually said this was an easy decision for him to stay with the Lions. He seems like he's really happy in Detroit. How do we like Josh Reynolds? I just wanted to say about Josh Reynolds is that Tennessee had Julio and A.J. Brown out like pretty much most of the year last year, and they were able to claim him off of waivers from them. So a decent stopgap. Yeah. He was advertised as a good run-blocking wide receiver. Henry brought up that why would they get rid of him if, you know, that is what he's good at. But the Lions know what they're picking from. They know who's willing to come to them in free agency. You may have to draft someone to get them to come to your team. Team, and Josh Reynolds apparently is proud to be a Lion, so you might as well bring this guy back. I want to say they have someone in their front office from the Rams, and that's why they... Tri- I don't know if it's Les Snead. That doesn't sound correct, but 
they traded for Goff. They had that pipeline there. They signed Josh Reynolds, who was in L.A. with Goff, and it seems like that has been part of the key there is Reynolds and Goff reuniting. That's a wonderful relationship. Hmm. <laughs> what are the better quarterback wide receiver duos in the league? <laughs> All I know is he better not be stepping on my Amon Ra's toes. Hmm. We've got Khalif Raymond, who re-signed for two years. Looking like he might be moving down the depth chart as more of a kick returner, punt returner type guy. We agree with that? Or we've... He has no value. The big money signing you haven't even mentioned. Yeah. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm leaving the best for last. <laughs> I'm following your notes, your your bullet points. No, you're not. You skipped. Whatever. You can do, 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 Chark coming into the Detroit Lions. Um, he is coming off of a fractured ankle. So I'm kind of excited about him being there, minus the fact that he's got Jared Goff throwing to him. But how do we feel about this? How do we like Chark fitting into Detroit? This was as like this was the least exciting landing spot for me. I was excited for Shark to come back. I bought him low. I got I acquired him low in a lot of drafts. I was able to acquire him last season when he went on the IR for any teams that I was like tanking in. It looks like he's kind of getting like a one year deal after getting hurt, so he can kind of cash in on a big contract. I'm just not quite sure why he picked Detroit with Goff to do that. <laughs> this was hard. Papa, tell us how you really feel. I am not happy about it at all. Baby Chark, do 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 do. I think they played at the stadium. I liked it a lot more than him signing with the Eagles. Let's say, or there were a couple other spots out there that could have been worse. But Chark now out there. Reynolds, Amon Ra maybe kicked back to the slot with those two outside, and then Wiz Khalif is a field stretcher, as we saw when he was on the Titans when he burned the Ravens for like a 74-yard touchdown in the playoffs a couple years ago. I wonder, you know, if the Chark signing Amon Ra, Josh Reynolds, makes them less likely to spend a first on a receiver this year. Maybe it doesn't. You can play four or five receivers on the field at a time, and you can get a receiver, but seems like Chark, at the very least, for sure, is betting on himself with the one-year deal. That seems evident. Yeah, Henry, the only person that would prefer Goff at quarterback to Hurts. <laughs> for NFL purposes, yes. <laughs> Fantasy, no. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, it's going to be a prove-it deal with someone who is going to have a real hard time helping you prove it. So it will definitely be interesting to see how that plays out. Chart could have landed with a lot of better QBs, but at least here, I mean, I like him better than the remainder of the wide receivers. Would you guys prefer Chark or Amon Ra? Same brand. Amon Ra. <laughs> Thank you, Noble. Oh, you weren't asking me? <laughs> no, that was an assumption. I would take Amon Ra right now, based Thank on landing spot alone. Thank you. Hope you're listening. Shark, Shark could have gone to Seattle, and I probably would have been happier. Uh, I'm curious what happens with Lockett there in Seattle. Um, I think right now, Amon Ra is definitely valued more. Man, I think I'd take Shark. He just... Is like 6'4 and ran a 4'3, 4 or whatever he ran. There's only so many guys in the league that are low 4'3 that that size. I like the contrarian opinion because I think over time it might correct a little bit where Chark rises up and people start looking at it like comparing Amon Ross St. Brown side by side by Chark. And it's like, 
Well, I mean, Chark might actually be the better wide receiver, but whatever it is right now, I think you're absolutely right that Amon Ross St. Brown is going to go in every draft before Chark, at least right now. Oh, 100%. I wouldn't be surprised if we look up 12 months from now and Chark outscored Amon Ross St. Brown. It's probably by roughly like three, four rounds that Amon Ra is going to go early. People are going to see that age. They're going to see the end of the season last year when Hawkins and Swift were all down and he was the only target in town. He had like 100 yards a game the last like six weeks. People are going to see that and extrapolate those numbers over a season. They're like, he's going to get 1,500 yards this year. Amon Ra's a steal. Like, like, I don't know about that. It's a very similar gap to uh, Judy and Sutton where Judy's getting taken several, has pretty much double the value of Sutton and has done very little at this point. At least they have a good quarterback. I, I oh, think yeah. I actually take Hertz over Goff for NFL purposes. But when you say, what quarterback do I want throwing to my receiver? I think Goff might might do more in the air alone than Hertz. But Hertz is definitely a way better quarterback than Goff. All right, Philly still would have been a better landing spot. I just don't know. With Devonta Smith there, I think Devonta Smith is going to, he went for like 1,000 last year, and Jalen Hurts is only going to throw for like 2,000 yards. So that's half the yardage. I mean, he had Rieger <laughs> lined up next to him. I mean, that's kind of, was it Quez Watkins? Yeah. Yeah, Quez Watkins, what a name. How's it going? Lastly, let's take us into Tampa Bay and get us out of here because it's it's late for Papa and it's late for everybody. Yeah, I gotta be up at five. Oh god. Same. All but. right. Well, we appreciate you being here. You're like nineteen. Nineteen? <laughs> what do you mean? Twenty-two. He's, he's just like messing with Oh, with Yeah, more. Henry, you can pull an yeah. all nighter. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Like, you know, your muscles like don't recover the same way, and then you don't perform as well again. It's the five nine. Oh my God, Henry! It's the five nine. Henry's worried about performing in the gym. I am. I am. (laughs) What if the girls don't see me putting the same weight on my thing? (laughs) Weight on my thing. (laughs) Weight on my thing. Oh God. At least you attempted the bench press. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm like everyone in the flipping combine. I'm out here doing 225. I benched more than 99% of the people in the combine because they all skipped it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Just if anyone's listening, Henry is a free agent yeah. available. Todd Gurley and I will sign with the highest bidding team. Nah, he's got Isabella. <laughs> Isabella. He's also 5'9, 210. Yes. <laughs> We saved the best for last. Let's finish this up for today. We've got more stuff to talk about in the next podcast. But for today's episode, we're ending with my favorite, my absolute favorite, Tommy Terrific Brady, returning for his 23rd season in the NFL. He is 44 years old but probably in the best shape of his life. And he took two weeks off and decided I'm not done yet. So we all thought this was it for Tom Brady, but, and there were a lot of people that were relieved, were relieved he was leaving. There was a lot of grumbling and a lot of excitement. Me originally being a Massachusetts girl, I was giddy with excitement. I love Tom Brady. I love to see him back. I love to see him excited to be back. So he is returning to Tampa Bay as the quarterback. Tampa Bay, I'm sure, is thrilled because I have no idea what their options were otherwise. Trask. Trash. Trash. Was that trash or? (laughs) Trash. Synonymous. We all know that Tampa Bay has an incredible wide receiver core. Obviously, this means great things if you own anybody out of Tampa Bay, that their value is probably remaining equal, 
to where it was. Um, Tom Brady actually had a career high in passing yards last year. Um, second best with 43 touchdowns on the year, which is pretty phenomenal at 44 years of age. I mean, the guy is amazing. If you can't tell, I love Tom Brady. Before we even get to any thoughts on Tom, I just want to say that, I mean, I mentioned it kind of in the first podcast, know your league format, know your settings. There were seven leagues I was in with closed waivers pre-draft where Tom Brady was dropped. If you do not need to make moves, do not do them. You should not be cutting players if you have no reason to. It's such a good point because I've advised leagues like, hey, the waivers are closed until the free agent draft and it's a combined rookie vet draft. You don't need to drop anybody now. You don't have to set a roster. You don't have to have you know a legal roster until week one. They're out here dropping players. Like, sure, maybe you're fine dropping Roethlisberger, but, you know, the same thought pattern was with Brady, and then boom. Look, we're barely into the offseason, and it's already proven to be a foolish decision to cut players, and you don't actually have to cut players unless there's some kind of a league rule where you have to have a legal legal roster. Same reason I'm not cutting Andrew Luck right now. Colt's still (laughs) looking for a quarterback. It's only been four years. Oh, Henry. <laughs> I suppose you'd have to have luck on a roster already not to cut him. Yeah. But I suppose. We saw a trade go down for him in one of our leagues. Dollar Fab? With me? Is that no, that no. was Cheese Go oh. the other day. And uh, yeah, Dollar Fab, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, just adds to your roster, anyways, even if you're over players. So if I could add Andrew Luck for a dollar fab, I guess I'd probably do it. Worth noting, you cannot add Andrew Luck and Sleeper any longer. He is removed. You would have already oh, really? have had to. You would have already have had to have rostered him. <laughs> that's that's very funny because he's got to be younger hmm. than so many quarterbacks. Probably. You can still add Demarius Thomas though for some reason. Hmm. <clears throat> so you only got Andrew if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> They also signed Brashad Perriman. Do you know anything about that? Perriman signs a one-year deal with Tampa Bay. Yes, he he did sign a one-year. Yep, so they lose Antonio Brown, but they get Gage and Perriman. They still have Tyler Johnson on the team. They drafted Darden last year, which was a darling for those who were following players who were not added to Sleeper's rookie pool before the NFL draft. So if you were drafting rookies with vets pre-NFL draft, you didn't have Darden and you had to you know, lay claim to him so that he could rot at the end of your... <laughs> You know, roster, taxi, whatever. But uh, was a darling last year uh, out of Texas. Uh, Definitely someone who had some pre-draft hype, who has at least some stash ability going into this year pre-Gage and Perriman signing. I mean, I still like to stash him, but obviously not as excited as I would have been previously. Same deal with like Tyler Johnson, liked him out of Minnesota from back in the day. He played with Rashad Bateman. It gets really muddy after. For Evans and Godwin. Mm-hmm. You're not really sure who's going to be third there. Or... I think it's Gage. If they're paying Gage $10 million a year, it it should be Gage at that point. Perriman couldn't have signed for more than a million and a half dollars. He was going to be the Lions wide receiver two behind Tyrell Williams last year. I think they both got cut before this even even started. And then he signed with Tampa like week 13 last year. So he like re-signed with Tampa. I guess they liked what they saw enough to bring him back. But seriously, I mean, 
he's not been relevant. Think of all the first round picks they have this year. <laughs> Your Brashad Perriman comments. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Godwin's not going to be ready for the season. So Godwin signs a three-year extension in Tampa Bay. Uh, he is recovering from a torn ACL and MCL um, that he suffered in week 15 of last year. Uh, and might not be ready for week one. So with bringing Russell Gage to Tampa Bay, definitely probably will be taking over in that position, do we think, while Godwin is at least out? They have the appropriate depth at wide receiver to be able to field a competent wide receiver group with Godwin not on the field, Rock and Gage and Tyler Johnson and Darden and Co. But I think that's a super good point because I think Godwin, depending on who you talk to, some people aren't accounting for the torn ACL late season that might make him slow to start next year. So it might be worth a, a little bit more now than maybe once people realize that he might not be healthy to start week one. I think that's a, a great point. That would be a great depth to buy in, sir. Russell Gage is coming off of a really good year in Atlanta. I mean, he had a great 2020 year. So definitely, I think, has some upside for sure in Tampa Bay, especially with Tommy Terrific throwing to him, if I do say so myself. I mean, you could definitely get great value if you could sell him as a three in the Antonio Brown role on that team. Definitely not a price I'm willing to pay, though. I like it. Yeah, Russell Gage to me is KJ Osborne. He's a late round NFL draft pick who doesn't do anything special and just gets hyper targeted because of opportunity. And then, I don't know, that whole situation is so brutal with Godwin, like you said. I, I don't understand the, the mindset of him signing that contract. It was about as dumb as the first time he signed a contract. It was, he gets franchise tagged, right? Which sucks. He got franchise tagged the other year. And then he signs a two-year extension this time. I mean, it's a three-year, but it has a significant out after two. And it's like, so you played on a one-year prove-it deal, and now you signed a two-year prove-it deal. And then you still leave yourself susceptible to being tagged a second time, which there's some ways that they can... It, it just is unfortunate because Godwin may never get that five-year contract in Dynasty, which is, like, awesome. You're like, this guy's going to get paid for three, four years. Mm-hmm. Like Holiday. Like Holiday. Or Christian Kirk. <laughs> Kirk. <laughs> uh, that's just my two cents on this contract. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I wish he would have signed a five-year extension. I don't get why it was only three. Probably because that's as long as Brady's going to be there. <laughs> True. So a wide receiver in Tampa Bay who had a big year last year and was a guy that I avoided like the plague in drafts. I don't know why. I was leaning more Godwin. But then Mike Evans, um, who restructured his contract, was a huge wide receiver for Tampa Bay, big target for Tom Brady. Um, Mike Evans, I feel like, is an underrated wide receiver who I have completely changed my tune on personally. Um, he definitely is a is a wide receiver that I have no problem taking now, whereas two years ago in drafts, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. I'll pass. 
I could see him being undervalued. It's a bunch of thousand-yard seasons in a row. I mean, he's definitely a great value. I mean, he is getting up there in age, but I mean, he's valued right around Keenan Allen, which is right about right right now. I mean, if you went back maybe two years ago, maybe he was undervalued because everyone thought he was kind of like what Tyler Lockett was doing, where it was like three points, then 24 points, then six points, then 30 points, and he couldn't figure out which games to play him, but he's been fairly consistent. But again, he's getting up there in age for such a physical player. With all three on the board, I would probably pick Mike the Fantasy Mechanic over Mike Evans and Mike Williams, but Mike Evans is definitely up there on the Mike ranks. I think Iowa said it. Mike Evans, eight consecutive thousand-yard seasons, is it? Or is that nine now? I think it's eight. A bunch. I don't know. I'm bad at, bad at math, but uh, Mike Evans, Noble kept saying it there, big, t- huge, 6'5", 230. I mean, the guy is huge and a big target. And a little less huge when you talk about receivers muddying the waters. Scotty Too Hottie Miller, Bowling Green product, 5'9", 174. What a sensational burner of an athlete. I mean, seriously, that guy might be able to beat Tyreek Hill in a race. And, you know, you'd probably raise a brow at that. You're like, really? That, like, short little... Is this guy 5'9"? Scotty said so himself. Scotty said so himself. <laughs> and that's right? right from the horse's mouth. You know what I mean? He did. He did. He said that after the playoff game, uh, the Super Bowl. No, not the playoff game. After the Super Bowl, he's like... Man, Tyree Kill ain't got nothing on me. He's like, you know, feeling himself, but he is actually probably a very good field stretcher. And it's just so weird after Evans and Godwin because, like you said, it's Tyler Johnson, it's Scotty Miller, it's Darden, it's Perriman, and then Gage with that $10 million contract. So it's like they have a one, a two when he comes back from the ACL, a three, and then 17 fours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely gets it definitely gets muddy there yeah <laughs> yep hard to gauge after gauge yeah. oh my word or before gauge even and what about gronk coming back uh, wait don't take my thunder on gronk <laughs> all right the biggest question mark is the man who's saying mom i need my football pants we're wondering what's happening with gronk i feel like I'm pretty confident Gronk is coming back for at least one more season. If Tom is back, Gronk is back. It's happening. I feel like those two need to win one more Super Bowl and then go out with a mic drop. But Gronk is a guy that I put on my fantasy rosters. I don't, I'm not obviously drafting them early and I, they don't hold a whole lot of value, but Gronk is a diehard. If he's on the field, he's bringing in good points on your fantasy roster. I think there's a better chance that he plays than the chances that he gets a USAA membership. (laughs) (laughs) I love his commercial. Like absolutely love it. Every time it's on, I laugh. (laughs) Babe, have you seen my balls? (laughs) (laughs) oh man (laughs) you got me Gronk's another player like Rodgers where I'm never going to be able to take him as early as he goes in a startup but could trade for him midseason I like it there's a league with Papa that I'm in where I have the Gronk Brady stack man what the last two weeks have been for me in that league. I mean, Carson Wentz, too, traded. (laughs) That league was a sheer stroke of luck, I'll tell you that. Gronk said it himself, though, and I agree 100% lockstep with what Noble said, is Gronk 
is playing with Brady or he's playing with nobody. Gronk doesn't need the money anymore. Gronk has a wrestling career lined up. He could walk into a broadcast booth probably. He has so many flipping commercials. He's become this like iconic figure in the world. It's Gronk. Everyone hey, knows Gronk. Gronk can ribbon dance. The man can do anything. He's so talented and he's actually not stupid. He's a smart guy. He just plays, you know, the dumb jock, but he's playing with Brady and he probably doesn't even care for how much money anymore. It's like, you know, he he retired at one point in his career. He said, you can't trade me, I'm retired. And then he only came out of retirement <laughs> to go play with Brady. It's He's back with Tampa Bay in my mind. I would be absolutely shocked. Having fun is like 69 times more important than the money is being paid. My Gronk shares are ecstatic because he's coming back, Brady's coming back, and I'm going to get points from them. So I'm happy. <laughs> Something like Fitz like a year, like two years ago. He said he's just having fun playing football with his friends. Yeah. Uh, another tight end in Tampa Bay is Cameron Bray. He did rework his contract for two years. Cameron Bray is a great handcuff because one thing Gronk does have is a huge history of injury. So Gronk, everybody knows at some point in the season, Gronk is going to be out with an injury. Cameron Brates did step up in Tampa Bay. He did do well for a target from Brady when Gronk was out. Obviously, he'd be the future tight end if they didn't draft another one. OJ Howard is now out of the mix in Tampa Bay who signed with the Bills. So do we bump Cameron Brait up at all or do we still have him as just the Gronk handcuff at this point? Pre-Brady on retirement, I thought Brait had potential to be a little bit of a sleeper because Brady doesn't come back, Gronk doesn't come back, Howard's gone, Brait's left standing, and Brait's been competent in the roles that he's had, underappreciated sleeper, but at this point I kind of feel like he's the tight end that isn't rostered until Gronk goes down and then everyone picks up Brait. Tight ends aren't something you typically cuff just because there's so many of the fringe ones out there. You don't need the ones that aren't playing, but definitely like Brait more before Brady decided to unretire because now I think the Gronk unretiring or not retiring, I should say, is even more likely. But like Mike said, you're not cutting anybody right now. So he's still lingering on the end of rosters. But if Gronk on retires, there's a good chance Brait won't make the final roster cuts for me as far as dynasty teams. Yeah, I, I have Brait rostered on two teams out of like 90. One of them is a 32-team league. And the other one is a 12-team league with two tight ends starting and 30 bench. So that's that's how deep you really got to get for me to want to roster him. It's a good way to put it. I like him a lot more that O.J. Howard's gone and Gronk's injury history. When you start talking fringe tight ends, just look at the tight ends that perform by and large. You have Kelsey with Mahomes. You had Dalton Schultz with Dak. You had... You know, uh, gosh, why am I blanking on some names here? But some of the fringe guys, like Dawson Knox with Josh Allen, Ertz when he got Kyler Murray, right? I wouldn't say, like, Ertz didn't look good, and then he got Kyler Murray. Dawson Knox had Josh Allen. Robert Tunyon a year ago had Rodgers. Even Gronk has Brady. When you start looking at those fringe tight ends, it's like, give me the one with the quarterback that throws the most touchdowns. 
and I'll hope my tight end comes down with a touchdown. So if Brady's playing, he's definitely serviceable with Brady. I mean, he could be about as serviceable. It's as... a whole other discussion. He's about what? Oh, I was gonna say he's, he'd be about as serviceable as a tackle in the Chiefs at that point. <laughs> leads into devaluing the later tight ends because when a lot of their value is predicated on touchdowns outside of the elite ones they get a high volume of catches you're basically just matching up the tight ends with the teams that score a lot of touchdowns yeah because if their value is based on touchdowns you want the teams that score the most touchdowns so you want the best teams so that means you want the best teams tight ends so there's worse dart throws out there deeply than Brait. But, yeah, I'm with you with most of what you were saying there. You know what team I didn't want to tie down on last year? The Jags, the Panthers, or the Jets. I mean, seriously, like, that's because all their quarterbacks threw fewer than, like, 15 touchdowns. It's definitely the name of the game of, I want a tight end based on quarterback pretty much universally. I mean, obviously, there's, like, the stud tight ends. Like, I don't care who's throwing the ball to Kittle or, or, like, Waller. But outside of that, it's seriously, like, give me the quarterback that throws the ball the most. Hey, I'll roster a Jaguars tight end this year. Who is it? Just because he's a former Giant. Oh, Evan Ingram, of course. Pro Bowler <laughs> Evan Ingram. <laughs> don't you forget. Hopefully they bring back Tebow. Well, while I can appreciate a really good tight end, let's keep this fantasy football relevant. <laughs> Uh, Brashad Perriman signs a one-year deal with Tampa Bay. Do we have any value in Perriman? He couldn't even be the two to Tyrell Williams, as Claire said. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't beat out, like, I don't know, a, a stick on a tree. You know, they'd rather just not have him on the team in Detroit. And then he goes to Tampa Bay, and I again, I guess they liked what they saw because they re-signed him. Don't know why he's the wide receiver eight on Tampa's depth chart, but that's about what he is. If your draft goes over 400 players, then <laughs> I suppose it's a consideration. If your, dra- if your draft it takes all the players in the NFL. <laughs> I actually feel like Iowa has a couple of those leagues that that might actually happen. There's a league where we legitimately roster 400 players plus IR. Yeah, you might have Brashad Perriman on that league. Mm-hmm. All right. Roster at your own peril. Well, that about does it for this podcast. We have plenty more information coming up with with free agency and how it relates to your ranking, drafting, and trading. From all our hosts here, let me get you out of here. Mike, let them know where they can find you. Uh, underscore Papa Bear Claw on Twitter. Henry. At Clairvoyance FF. I'm at Iowa in the NFL on Twitter. And Miss Queen. Noble G underscore FF on Twitter. That's what she said. <laughs>